papá, para la papá, para la pata. Okay. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all persuasions. Uh, my name is Tony Visick. Your name is whatever you want it to be. And you are right now, you are listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. You already know that because you're listening. But I, um, I just give you a quick reminder so you can spread the, the good news throughout the land that there is a podcast for people of our persuasion. Uh, I've got a great show for you lined up today. At 10 a.m. from Rick Brownson's House of Comedy, located at 5350 East High Street, we have Lawrence Killebrew. So that, that's a pretty good show. You get, you get me for a half an hour, then you get Jeff, then you get Lawrence. So um, I don't know if we're going up the ladder or down the ladder, but that's the way the show's going to go. Uh... The phone is ringing. You know what? I don't have the... There we go. There we go. You get to experience the ringing of the phone. Hello? Lawrence? Lawrence Killebrew? Yes. Lawrence yes, Killebrew is Tony Visick. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, sir? We're doing great, buddy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are speaking with Lawrence Killebrew, who is appearing uh, and I believe making his debut... Uh, in our city at Rick Brunson's House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. Uh, you're there tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows, Sunday for one show. Am I correct? Is this your Phoenix debut? Have you been here before? Yeah. Yes, this is my Phoenix debut. I've never been to Phoenix, Arizona before. This is my first time so far. I'm having a great time. Yeah, you know, you're in uh, one of the uh, uh, very best parts of uh, Phoenix. You're You're actually in Phoenix. You're just... If you step to your left, you'll be in North Scottsdale, but because uh, oh. it's it's got I mean that's how close you are to the border. So uh, I think mm -hmm. if you go from the living room of that condo to the bathroom of that condo, you go from Phoenix to uh, <laughs> to North Scottsdale. But uh, it's a great club in a great area, ran by a great guy. I imagine the show's already going extremely well. What's your first impressions? Uh, first impression, it was fun. It was very. Uh we had a we had a, a pretty good crowd last night. It was I was surprised at how lively everybody was. They were very excited to be out. Uh, usually Thursday crowds aren't like that when you do comedy clubs. They're more of the you know they're not as excited as a Saturday crowd. But yesterday felt like a Saturday to be honest with you, or a Thursday night. It felt like a Saturday night. You know I think one of the reasons is uh, uh, first off um, uh, Rick uh, Rick and Tammy put uh, such dedication into the booking. They want to make sure that, that the audience that comes to their show is going to see uh, great comics and also the entire vibe of the uh, of the place, the way they put it together. From the moment you walk in, you go, oh, I'm, I'm a cool person because I'm in a cool place and, uh, and the place lives up to that throughout. So that might be why they were so lively. Although I got to be honest with you, okay, that you would say that a crowd in Scottsdale is lively when you started out at Rascals in New Jersey. Which what, <laughs> yeah. I did some, uh, when I was a touring comic a long time ago in the 80s, I did some of my first shows on the East Coast at Rascals, and they were lively. I mean, they were lively like they were going to either laugh or kill you. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's the perks of um, starting in Rascals and starting on the East Coast 
in cities like Philadelphia, New York, I'm kind of like built for anything at this point. You know, I've been through the rowdy crowds, the, the upset crowds, the loud crowds when I first started. So now, me being prepared for certain things like that, you know, it's very easy for me to adapt to certain crowds. So that's a that's a that's a good thing that I was able to start in a crowd like that. Wrestlers is definitely. I'm surprised you know that. That's no, not 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 too many people know I started a wrestler. Uh, well, we, 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 I, I don't know. We, we just think it's kind of important. We can't oftentimes by the, uh, we, we aren't able to really kind of delve as deep as we'd like to into, uh, uh who we're going to be interviewing, but, uh, we like, we like to know a little bit so that, uh, it's out of respect to the people that we're interviewing, out of respect to you, but we got to find out a little bit about Lawrence. Uh, we kind of figured out pretty quick that you're of no relation to Harmon Killebrew. So, um, no, <laughs> not at all. I have a funny story about that, but no, none at all, none at all about that. I don't tell it because you know when I first when I first heard your name, you know I got I get an email uh, and they go, hey, uh, we've got uh, Harmon Killerbrew. I go, okay, and I go, now I got to look the guy up, and you know the first thing you think because it's a it's an unusual name, Killerbrew. You, go, it, it's possible, maybe it's the guy's grandson. And I looked and I, and I thought probably yeah. not, but maybe I don't know. But yeah. tell me about it. <laughs> That's uh, when I was younger, man. I used to get it all the time, but I was naive enough. Well, mainly because when I was younger, we didn't have Google and all these access to the internet to find out things. So when I was younger, I would always get it wherever I went. Whenever I was in school, when I was uh, out, people would always say, hey, any relation to Harmon Killebrew? And I had no idea who he was. <laughs> and I was on a job interview. I did. I had no idea I was on a job interview. I never figured I was applying for a position at Foot Locker. And uh, the guy was interviewing me, and he was talking. He was like, hey, man. Any relation to Harmon Killebrew? And I was like, yeah, man, that's my uncle. I was just saying whatever I could to get the job. <laughs> and he was like, you know he's white, right? And I was like, ah, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get this job. <laughs> but yeah, that was, you, that was the uh, first time. You could have a white uncle? Yeah, well, I didn't think he believed me. <laughs> he didn't get the job, that's for sure. Well, man, you know what? That must haunt you forever that you were not hired by Foot Locker. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, most people, the day they get hired from at Foot Locker, their next thought as soon as they get hired is, all right, how do I get fired from this job? So, um, oh God, <laughs> are they even open anymore? Are there still Foot Lockers? Yeah, plenty of Foot Lockers everywhere, everywhere. But actually, I did actually get another job at Foot Locker uh, a couple years later, but it was a, a friend of mine who was the manager, so I kind of got in that way. You were you were pretty damn determined to work at Foot Locker, weren't you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sneaker addict. I'm a good <laughs> sneaker, man. I have a I'm a, I, I have so many pairs, so I'm like it was like my childhood dream to work in a sneaker store. And then I did it and then I realized it wasn't that fun. And all I enjoyed was the discount. That was it. Enjoy <laughs> nothing else. What's the most expensive uh, pair of sneakers that you own then? Ah, I I'm, I feel embarrassed to say it, man. Uh, most of pair most expensive pair of sneakers I have, they cost seventeen hundred dollars. $1,700 for a pair of shoes. Yes. I'm not putting it One down. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> highlighting it. So what kind of shoes yeah. are these? Uh, they're called Fair of God sneakers. They're Nike uh, produced sneak. Uh, there's not many of them out there. I think there's only about a thousand pair available to the public. And I was able to get a pair and um, I brought them. Do you yeah. wear them? I think it was and that's a dumb thing. I don't wear them. <laughs> Everybody says that. Like, I, I never put them on my feet. Like, it's like I, I'm waiting for that special moment to put them on my feet. But then 
I'm thinking about it for seventeen hundred dollars. I should be wearing these damn things every single day, but I don't wear them. So. Well, so so let me ask you. So you've never put them on? I've never put them on. So you no. don't know then, man. I mean, you know, you yeah. might have you might have a pair you bought at Big Five, you know. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. two two for twenty, and you go. I, I need some shoes, and then you've got the seventeen hundred dollar ones. You don't know, man. I hope. I hope. Yeah, I don't we, know if they fit. Yeah, if they fit, or I don't if, know they, if they fit, <laughs> or if you. I mean, yeah, you, I don't know if I can wear them. When you slide your feet into them, don't you think? I, I, you know, you slide into something for seventeen hundred bucks. It better feel different, don't you think? Yeah, I know. They need to let me fly. That's what I need to do in these things. Talking about seventeen hundred dollars Yeah, but I don't know nothing. It was just one of those, you know, when you want to buy something and, you know, yeah. and I had the, had the funds at the time. So I, I don't have a lot of responsibilities, to be honest. I don't have any kids. I don't have any bad habits. I don't drink. I don't smoke. So I, have a, I would say I have a little bit of extra money that I can kind of spend, so... That was the situation at the time. Well, uh, I wouldn't do it again, though. A lot of people. So you're originally from Philadelphia. I'm imagining you're from, like, uh, working class, middle class. You, were, you weren't born a millionaire, were you? No, my dad was a teacher. I was raised in a single-parent household. My dad raised me by himself. I'm very proud of that. Uh, yeah, he did. And, uh, no, he was a regular teacher. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not saying I was rich, but I wasn't poor. You know, I wasn't to the point where uh, I needed, I wanted for anything. Like, I always said my dad gave me what I needed, never what I wanted. Yeah, got things that I needed, but never the things that I wanted. So I so, didn't grow up as so, yourself. Sounds like great dad. But for a lot of us as, as comics, we start out, we work for free initially. We're doing open mic nights. Then we're getting, you know, 25, 50 bucks a set. Then we start getting some gigs. Uh, you know, you're getting the opening spot gig. Uh, you get the feature spot gig. But then you move up to headline. You start making some money. Oftentimes, we go, I'm going to buy this thing that is... Your seventeen hundred dollars sneakers. My, uh, I got a five hundred dollar uh, signed Led Zeppelin poster. You know, so mm-hmm. go, I'm going to buy that, and it's it's kind of like out. Of, it, it, you don't need it, but you go. I'm going to get this because later on we get kids and stuff. You know, your kids will sneak those sneakers out and they'll go out and play uh, stickball in the alley with them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, I, I'm uh, that's an interesting way to put it. I, it wasn't. But I don't really think it was because I had the money. I just. Like I said, it's just something I've always done. I've always, my dad was a big sneakerhead. My brother was a big sneakerhead. So, you know, it's just something I've always done. You know, I just always wanted to have, I guess when you see your father and your dad and your brother with new sneakers on all the time, they kind of, you know, I inherited that. So sure. that's where it came from, from that thing right there. But, you know, it was, it was a, I'm not, I, I, I don't regret it. And I, some days I do when I'm broke, but, you know, other days I don't. Does so it, it is what it is. Does it ever stick in the back of your head going, man, if, if I ever go bust, if things go south, I can sell these things and I'll, I'll be okay? I, I do. I say that, but I don't think I'm going to get my money back. I don't think I'm going to get exactly what I want because the value has decreased. Because really? other sneakers have came. Yeah, because other sneakers have came out of that similar style after that one. So now people want those. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not as expensive as the ones that I wanted. At the time, I might not. I might not. I could, but I might not get my equal amount of money back. Have you ever ran across a seven-toed pair of sneakers? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't ran a pair of those yet. I'm looking for them, uh, but I haven't found them yet. <laughs> that, that is a killer bet. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. For those of you that uh, don't know, and you should find out by uh, going to Rick Brown's. 
House of Comedy uh, tonight, two shows, Saturday, two shows, Sunday, one show. Uh, check it out. Um, Lawrence has a uh, um, a killer bit about go. Uh, why, why don't you share a little bit of it with us? Uh, how how the oh, well, how you got the uh, idea for the joke? Okay. What was going on? Uh, well, actually, I got the idea well, it was from a female um, that I was dealing with who basically she was um, she didn't have all her toes. Um, and I, she didn't, and, um, she didn't tell me that she didn't have all the toes. And I found out by, you know, we was just laying around the house and I happened to look down her feet and I was like, Hey, you, um, you only have nine toes. And she was like, yes. And I was like, you didn't think to tell me about that? Like that wasn't, and then I just kind of, that was like the initial thought of it. I thought that was pretty funny. And then I just kind of like, you know, ramped it and, uh, turned it into something different, thinking about, you know, all the different varieties of it. And then instead of it being nine, I changed it to seven. It's, it's a good bit. Uh, it's one of my... Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. One of my favorite bits. Yeah. Well, now, I don't know if you if you came to it on this bit because you talk about, is it, you know, four on one foot, three on the other, or five and two, and this and that. But what if they were someone who had no toes on one foot and seven on the other? Did you come to that? Now, you know what? No, that's just down right... <laughs> Um, that's an alien. That's an alien. That's not a real person. That's, that's a, that is a full-blown alien from Mars with no toes and seven on one feet. I don't know. I would run from that person. I would not go nowhere near that person. <laughs> well, it'd be terrible if like, you fell deeply. It was one of those things where you look across the room and you, your eyes caught someone else's eyes and violins played and stuff. And, oh, you went, I don't care. You're the one for me. I'm going to marry you. And on your wedding night, they take off their shoes and one foot, no toes, uh, one foot, seven. And now you're in. You're in Hawaii, you know. <laughs> it's a funny, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I tell you. For, I don't know. I, I, go ahead. I think, we have to re, I think we have to rethink this marriage right here. We have to go back <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We got to talk to the rev, hey man. Listen, is there, is there any contingency? She ain't got no toes on her feet, brother. So we got we got to talk this again. <laughs> Did it I mean, bother you? So many things that she can't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, there's just so many things that we can't do together, and I, I don't want to go down that road. You know, it's just you know manicures out to the out. You know, it's just so much stuff. <laughs> you can't go get pedicures together. You know, you can't do nothing. that. No, nothing. Uh, foot massages are out. You know, yeah, what if what if they only that. had what if they had no toes on one foot and seven the other, and they were really into foot massages, and that was you know they're going oh. rub my feet. It, it'd be, <laughs> oh my god, I don't know what I would do. I'm honest to tell you. Well, uh, there's a couple things we know about Lawrence. Here's some things that we've learned today. About Lawrence Killebrew. Yeah. We've learned that uh, his videos are funny. Okay. We've, uh, we've learned that he is uh, not related to Harmon Killebrew. Uh, not at all. <laughs> uh, and, and we've learned that he is at uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy tonight for two shows. Saturday for two shows. Sunday for one show. We found, we've discovered that he's funny to talk to over the phone. And we've also discovered there if there's anybody out there. If there's a seven-toed woman, <laughs> you should go down tonight and sit in the front row and put your feet up. You can't put them on a stage. It's too high. Put them on the table. That's, I'm calling out the seven-toed. You know what? I don't know if you've been to the outer reaches of Phoenix, like out in, in Methland, 
You know, because we got we got we got, no, we got, some, we got, some, we got some, a meth lab got busted a subdivision over from our subdivision yesterday. So some of those people they grow extra toes. Even if you don't, you wow. want to come out on the outside chance a seven-toed woman will show up. You're going to want to experience that. So you're going to want to catch Lawrence. Uh, and also that if you marry him without showing him your feet uh, and there's something wrong with your feet, you might be in trouble. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reneging. I'm reneging. <laughs> I'm reneging the situation. I'm not. We, I am reneging. Yes, I am. That'll be there. It's funny when you met. Go ahead. It's funny when you mentioned meth lab. The first thing I thought about was Breaking Bad, and then I see all this desert stuff. So I'm thinking about Breaking Bad. Yeah. Right now, for some reason, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, it'd be the only thing in your prenup. You put it in your prenup. There you go. Here's. I got to ask you. I want. I was going to wrap up the interview, but I got to ask you this. This is so important. Let's say that you meet a woman. You meet a woman. You fall in love with that woman. You marry that woman. Woman. You have a, a couple of kids with her. Then at some point, inexplicably, a couple of her toes just fall off. Oh, then you know what? We still gonna have to revisit this situation because <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> I need to know why they falling off. All of a sudden, what do you have? And do I have it too? Like I don't want to be walking on my damn toes. So I need to know what did you get that has your toes falling off? I want to know that. You guys are just walking through Disneyland with the kids. All of a sudden, she goes, "Oops, exactly. toe fell off." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's something in the age that you cook it for breakfast. I need to know what you cook it for. I eat it myself too, and I can't do that. I can't eat the same food you eat. I need my. All right, man. Listen, we got to run, but uh, uh, this has been a fun interview, man. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to. we're going to try to make the trek down there and catch you. And I would, I'm encouraging everybody out there in uh, uh, all of our listeners, all of our friends, all of our neighbors, all of our pals, go down to catch Lawrence Killebrew. Uh, he started a club that's always been fond of me, uh, Rascals in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. That one time was booked by a guy named Tony Camacho. I don't know if he still books it, but uh, uh, okay, a fabled guy. In, uh, uh, Rick Messina at one time booked Rascals, and then he went on to manage Tim Allen and... Um, Drew Carey. So, um, a fabled place uh, that has always produced a lot of good comics, and this is certainly one of them. Lawrence, thanks for calling in, buddy. All right, we'll see you soon. Take care. No problem, too. See, that was just funny. He's just a funny guy. He just, you know, there's some people who go into comedy and they're, um, I don't know, I can't quite explain it. All I'm saying is, um, that was a great interview. There was a, you know, you can always tell a good bit because um, he he ran with the bit instead of it. There's some comics. This is my joke. This is where my joke goes. And but he, um, this is a vivid imagination. <laughs> so anyway, listen, folks. Uh, this has been a great morning for me. I hope if you listen live, it was a great morning for you. If it was, please tell people uh, later on this afternoon. Both of these interviews will be downloaded. On ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, our interview with Jeff Abagov. Uh, and uh, you want to start watching our social media for the date when Jeff will be coming out to Phoenix to uh, visit with you all. And this weekend, if you're looking for media gratification, two things you could do. Tonight at 7.30, Tempe Center for the Arts, Class Clowns. Tickets as low as 8 bucks. You get tickets right on the website you're looking at right now. Uh, and then after that, you want to hightail it down or get a good night's sleep. And then on Saturday... Go to Rick Brunson's House of Comedy and catch Lawrence Killebrew. Uh, tickets, they make it easy for you to find tickets for those shows as well. 
It's real simple. Go to houseofcomedy.net. That's houseofcomedy.net. All right, we're going to wrap up. You know why? Because we're hungry. We ain't had no breakfast. Uh, for uh, my staff, which uh, consists of uh, a 10-pound dog. She's 10 pounds now, Chica. And a dog who we don't know how much he weighs, but he is upset because we haven't gone for the morning walk yet. Roscoe, uh, for my staff, I want to thank you. And for my producer, who just happens to be my wife, Shirley Alovisic, uh, I want to thank you as well. We'll be back next Friday with more thrilling tales from yesteryear on This American Podcast. Bye-bye.